Welcome to Hashtag Love Yourself. I'm your host, Jesse Jobson, and I'm going to guide you on your personal journey towards self-love. Hi, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to Hashtag Love Yourself. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the superwoman or superman syndrome. What that is, why we have it, and how to not do it because it's not part of loving ourselves. Okay, so um, first I want to do a little announcement. Um, I want to talk about my book and it just hit the market. It just got published. I am so excited to share this news with you. Um, It is not about loving yourself, but it is about all things spiritual. It's actually a fiction novel that I wrote um, based off of the true life events in my life. Um, and it's about, you know, learning about spirituality and, and my spiritual awakenings, a few of the first couple ones that I had. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a beautiful story that I wrote to, um, to contribute to, you know, the beautiful entertainment world of, you know, entertainment in the law of attraction and spirituality and everything that has to do with all that beautiful stuff. So just thought I would share that with you guys. If you guys are interested, um, you can check it out on Amazon. It's called Maya and it's by me, the author, Jesse Jobson. So you can just search Maya and my name and I'm sure it will come up. But yeah, so if you're looking for a next good read, that is um, an amazing one. Go check it out. Um, I appreciate and love all your guys' support. And I know the people that tune into this podcast um, are really into, you know, doing things that are good for themselves and healthy for themselves and like learning and expanding. And probably you're probably tapped into your own spirituality and just loving um, yourself in that way. So um, you might be interested in this book as well. All right, so to start off our subject, let's talk about what the Superman or Superwoman um, syndrome really is. Um, So essentially, it's that power, that strength that was within any human that we can tap into at any time. Usually, we tap into it in traumatic events or um, time and space when um, you know, things are are really needed from us. Like we need extraterrestrial strength in either emotion or physical to get something done or just, um, you know, to keep ourselves safe or keep someone else safe. Um, and I think that a lot of us are really well known with understanding the physical side of this. Like we really are uh, aware of, you know, like, especially when a brand new mom, or it doesn't even have to be a brand new mom, just a mom of any kind, or even a father, but usually we see this across the news, moms doing things like this, where like, you know, like a car crash, and their baby was trapped underneath a car or a truck, and they use their human, you know, hu- superhuman strength to lift that car, that truck up, so that they can get their baby to safety, right? And you think on a normal day, that mom wouldn't be able to lift the car up, right? Um, And But she tapped into her superhuman, superwoman power, and she lifts up the car and she gets the baby to safety, right? So um, we're all kind of familiar with the physical aspect of it, right? Like we know that the human body is amazing and we are aware that we constantly, you know, can push those limits of our bodies, right? Um, But we never really seem to slow down and think about it in the terms of our emotional strength, right? 
Um, and, and that's why really, if you think about, um, the humans in general, we are so emotionally resilient, right? Um, people can go through an amazing amount of trauma or an amazing amount of dysfunction and survive, right? And, and not to say that you're, you're going to come out clean and unscathed, right? We all know that nothing, um, there's always an energy transfer, right? Um, but at the same exact time, um, people go through really daunting, really big, really traumatic things. Um, and what usually gets them through that is what I like to call the superwoman or superman syndrome. And so I guess we could call it the super syndrome, right? So we don't have to put a gender on it. Um, I just always call mine the superwoman. Like, you know, um, I just tap into my superwoman when I need to, right? Um, but the thing with this super syndrome is that especially if you've lived a life where you've, you know, been in a lot of dysfunction, you know, as a child within your environments, or there was a lot of trauma, or um, just a lot of your needs didn't get met. Let's say, you know, for a really common example is when we have children in single family homes, like single moms um, in homes that, you know, the single mom is having to work two to three jobs. So this is the story of my life. My mom had to work two to three jobs to make ends meet for us three daughters. Um, and she raised us all on her own and she, you know, she did things that, you know, at times everybody was just standing back with their mouths open and in awe that she even could do what she did. Right. Um, and that's, you know, when you grow up in that environment, watching someone constantly in their super syndrome, um, just for survival reasons, it is just natural, I think, for um, people to take on um, that as like something that we live in, right? That we live in this super syndrome where you're constantly extending yourself to the maximum. You're constantly um, overdoing, overworking, overachieving, um, overcompensating, right? And overthinking, really, if you think about it. Um, but we're overdoing things. And that really, even, even if you're not coming from that, like, you know, type of environment as a child, our society is a wounded masculine society. So with that wounded masculine society, that's, those are the traits of wounded masculine, right? Where we tell people to get to where we want to be, you have to overdo it, right? You have to push yourself to the max, right? You have to, I mean, what is, what are the, the sayings where you, you have to, um, work hard your whole life to get to where you want to be. And instead of recognizing that, you know, working two to three jobs on the regular isn't necessarily healthy. Um, it's not living your best life, right? It's not putting that balance and that health that we need with inside our minds and our societies to actually um, live a good life, right? So, so that's the thing is, is we have this mindset, right? That, that people should be doing the extraordinary, like, on the regular now, right? And I see this all over the place. I see this, I mean, predominantly, I guess I'm going to say that I see it promoted towards females, right? We are expecting women in general to do it all. We're expecting them to um, be the moms, 
an extraordinary version of a mom, right? A mom that does everything, does the PTA meetings, does, you know, makes the Halloween costumes, um, that, uh, you know, is the best, um, lunch maker and like all these things, but then also has a career and has to strive and be the best in her career, has to be the top in that, um, has to be the most amazing wife, has to be the most amazing partner, you know, has to be, um, the, you know, the, the friend that does the most for everyone, the, you know, and then just the list goes on and on the best daughter, the best, you know, sister, if, if you have siblings, it's just what I'm saying is that there is this syndrome of trying to promote and I see it a lot and I see it in social media. I, I read about it in books. I see it in, um, I, I don't watch reality TV too much, but I just watched a reality TV show, not by choice, but by like, I was in the same room as someone else that was watching it. And I saw the same thing where the, these girls were promoting that they can do all these things. And yes, we can do all these things, right? And I'm not saying that everybody has to be a stay-at-home mom if you want kids. And I'm not saying that, like, you, um, you know, like, can't um, have this amazing career and a family at the same time. But what I am saying is that when you share yourself with whatever it is, whether it be a hobby, whether it be, um, you know, making children, which is a really big thing. And I think our society has put too much lightness on raising children, rearing the next generation, right? We really need to take that more seriously than I think we do. I think once we get into it, we're like, oh, fuck, this is bigger than I thought. They're more expensive than I thought. <laughs> They're like, they need more attention than I realized, you know? Um, it's it's a big deal. And, and I don't think that we prepare people as much as we should for um, being parents, right? Uh, being moms and, and what that responsibility, responsibility really is, right? I think we need to take that a little bit more seriously, but that's just one bucket. And so think about it like this. If you think about it as you are a tall glass of water, right? You're just a single glass of water. And every time that you have, whether it be a relationship, whether it be something that you put your energy and your focus to. That's another cup in front of this tall glass of water, okay? So you have your, you come from a family, so you have extended family, that's a cup. You have partner probably, so that's another cup because that's a big, big part of your life, right? You have to put a lot of energy there and focus a lot of your energy there. You have a home, you have, that's a cup. You have dogs or cats or whatever kind of pet you want to get go, I don't care. Um, that's another cup right? It might be a small, tiny little cup if it's a gecko. A dog is just the same size as children, but <laughs> now we're getting into details. But so every time you have a hobby, you have a cup. You have a career, you have a cup. Every time you have something that you put your energy towards, there's another cup. Now you, as the tall glass of water, you have to pour yourself to give each one of those things energy, right? Or it dies, right? If you don't pour anything into your relationship, if you don't spend time with your partner, if you don't, you know, spend energy, you know, on that person, it dies essentially is what happens. So you do have to pour from your cup to all of these cups. And I'm not saying you can't do multiple things at once because we can. But what I am saying is that just remember the amount of cups you have is what di is how like you are diluted, right? You're diluted to, the, if you have like two big, really big hobbies and you, um, 
you know, you have one major career and you have, you know, um, a set of really great friends and then another, another set of great friends over here that are d totally different and separate. Every time you, you, it's like you take away from the amount that you're able to give. And I think what's really important to remember about the super syndrome is to remember that we are human, right? And we only have so much of ourselves. And like I said, not to say that you can't do multiple things, but you do need to remember um, that there is a balance, right? And that we do have to, and, and this whole theory and myth that our society and culture, shame on our culture that is promoting that we do a million things and extend ourselves to the maximum is really, really unhealthy, right? It's a wounded masculine type of myth that is, is plaguing our culture. Okay. And, and so that's the thing is doing this work that we love ourselves right now. Now we're in this, um, place where we're really trying to live a healthy life. Well, this is one of the ways that we can recognize health is to recognize balance, right? And maybe that's what we should have called this, um, this podcast is really, we're going to focus on balancing ourselves, right? In anything. And like, just like I talked about in so many podcasts before, um, there's always a spectrum, right? To any, any topic that we're talking about. And you can be on the far right side of the spectrum where it's really dramatic, or you can be on the left side of the, um, spectrum where it's, you know, really light, um, but really the healthy, healthy place that we kind of want to talk, engage about things is we want to put ourselves in the middle. We want to balance ourselves. So, um, and that's really how we want to, what we want to do with all of those cups, right? We want to be a good mom, right? We want to be, or a good dad, which, whatever you are, we want to be a good partner. We want to be, we want to respect our house that we have purchased or our apartment that we live in and we want to keep it clean. We want to, you know, um, we want to be able to spend time with our friends and, uh, you know, give ourselves to our friends and give, give time to them and, you know, enjoy them. Right. Cause that's what they're for. They're supposed, they're there to make our life more beautiful and more meaningful. And, and so we want to like, give our energy there. So to do that, we really need to balance ourselves. And, and when we're living from this place of overextension, and when we're living from this place of, I have to do it all because that's what society expects out of me. That's what, um, I'm requesting of myself. That's the perfectionism, right? That's not healthy. Um, we're really setting ourselves up for, for an even bigger wound and an even bigger fall because, First off, it's not really healthy or normal to live at such a, an extended level like I talked about, but it really like does all the cups the disservice, right? Of like diluting yourself. You can't give as much attention as you would like, right? And then it burns things out and then it breaks cups or, you know, it ruins relationships or whatever. So, um, so just remember that this, that, that your balance is really important to what you give yourself to. And so if you find yourself 
if you find yourself that you have either grown up in an environment where someone modeled that this super syndrome and you just took it on yourself like me, that's what has happened in my life. I watched my mom be so powerful and so independent and so amazing, but she lived from extending herself like to the maximum to make sure that everybody's needs around her were met and hers. And it, and it really is just something that I took on and then I did And now as an adult, I can recognize it's not healthy, right? But a lot of people don't talk about this. We don't talk about that being unhealthy because when when you do a million things for everybody else, what does everybody else do? They pat you on the back. Oh, they like it when you are self-sacrificing. They like it when you succeed in something, right? Like when you... um, get a million things done, they're like, they look at you and they, in awe, right? Like people were doing that with my mom is they were looking at her and being like, oh my gosh, she is so amazing. And yeah, she is amazing, but she was burning herself. She, you know, and then she is the one that's left with picking up the pieces. She's the one that's left burnt out. Maybe after some of those relationships, those cups get broken, right? So that's where, that's the health and the self-love that I want to talk about with you is that That's not what we want to do. That's not, I wish I would have known this information younger. So whatever age you're at, it's not too late to hear this, but, um, I really want this to be something we promote in our society and our culture where our younger generations don't have to extend themselves to feel like they're doing enough, right? Like extend themselves to a hundred percent. So I'm going to give you guys kind of a really cool, example that I remember learning a long time ago when I worked for, I can't remember what company it was, but I took an ergonomics class. You know, those silly little classes that you take because they don't want you to get hurt on the job. They don't want to pay out workman's comp. Well, they did a really good uh, job at explaining extending ourselves. And it was essentially the super syndrome that I'm talking about, but they were talking about it on the physical level. And this um, will really help you put things into frame with your emotions too. So in this class that I took, um, they talked about when you extend yourself all the way, like 100%. So let's say you're reaching for something on a shelf, okay? And you extend your reach to the max that you can possibly reach, right? When you do that, if something were to happen, then let's say you're on a stool or something, and you're extended all the way. If, if something were to bump you and you were to fall, because your body is completely extended 100%, if you fall, your body actually gets wounded and hurt at such a high rate because there's no um, there's no more percentage for your body to actually like extend to for the um, for the shock and to absorb the pain that's going to happen, right? So your body's already extended. So it actually ends up hurting it worse. So they said, never extend yourself to hundred percent. And that's such a good way to think about it. Even like for the emotional part that I'm more gearing it towards, right? We are so used to taking care of our physical vessels. Like we are really, really good at remembering to do physical self-care. So we take showers on the regular, we brush our teeth, we floss, we feed ourselves, we sleep. We're really good at all those things. But when it comes to the emotional self-care, right, a lot of people stammer and they don't know how to do that for themselves. They don't know how to do it, how to allow other people in their lives to, to, to have self-care for themselves. Right. So, so that's what I'm talking about is we need to really be more conscious of having, extending yourself emotionally. Right. And, and people, 
don't know really, we don't even have these conversations. So people aren't really used to um, this topic. Um, so then how do we do that, right? So then let's think, let's take a minute to think, okay, well, how do I make sure that I'm not extending myself emotionally, mentally, and even physically, right? So if, I think the physical thing, you, you've got it down, right? Like you're not going to work out seven days a week for the whole year, right? Because that's just, your body doesn't, it's not a machine. It doesn't need to do that, right? We don't need to do that. Um, but let's, let's think about things that we can curb, right? Or things that we can put into place that help us to be, to, to not go into this, to not live from the super man or superwoman syndrome. Okay, so first thing is obviously rest when your body tells you to rest. And I think that's pretty obvious, but you know, I think a lot of moms have a really hard time with this one. Um, we, it's so funny, I remember when I had my first baby, the advice was sleep when the baby sleeps, when the infant sleeps, right? That sounded like great advice. And yeah, but then when the baby went to sleep for like, I remember it was like the first week when my son was born, my house was dirty and I don't like dirty. Like I love my place to be clean. And so I remember he fell asleep and what did I do? I ran around and I cleaned, clean, 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 clean. Woo, it was so pretty. And then I sat down on the couch and I was about ready to close my eyes because I was dead tired, right? And wah, he woke up and I remember hating it. And I remember being so mad at myself that I didn't listen. And I remember I was fighting it for like the next couple hours that he was awake. Like my eyes were like so like tired and I didn't, I could like almost like I just wanted to like crawl in my closet and put like dirty clothes over my head or something and then go to sleep. Like just let him cry. Like I would never do that. Right. But that's like the pain. Like I burned myself and I remember learning that lesson that you sleep when the baby sleeps, right? You sleep when you're tired. And I think that that's the thing is like, and that's what I tell moms now when, when I go to baby showers and stuff, or when I have a friend that's pregnant, I always say, I know that people will tell you this and you're going to be like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, but no joke. I'll come over and clean your house for you. Like sleep. And like, who cares if your house is dirty? Cause my thing was like, I don't like a dirty house, but who cares? Like your body is recovering from a major thing, you know, and you need that bundle time with your baby and you need to rest. And so, so sleep when your body tells you to sleep. Um, I know it's hard for moms. I don't know about dads. I'm not a dad, but I know that some men probably have the problem with this where they don't do it when they should. Right. Okay. Eat when your body tells you to eat. This is another physical one, but I really think that as a society, we need to get on the ball on this one because it is like easier said than done, right? You're rushing around doing a million things. If you're in this super syndrome, you are running from job to picking up the kids to, you know, running to, um, work out, whatever it is, you know, and when your body is hungry, feed it. And that was the one thing that actually from loving myself that I've actually really, really worked on because there's times where like, I'm so busy that, Oh, like, I don't want to disrupt maybe the flow of the day to stop and eat a nice healthy meal, right? Like cause healthy meals take longer than unhealthy. You can run through the drive through, right? But loving myself is, Hey, I deserve that time. I deserve you know, stopping the flow of whatever's happening to make sure that I nourish my body because my body deserves it too. And I love my body, right? Okay. 
Next is take that PTO time that your company gives you to rest, right? So I'll never forget like sitting in meetings after meetings at my last job where every time we had our like are like big company meetings where like everybody's there and people could write in questions for like the president or whatever. The questions that always came up were, can I cash out my PTO? Like, can we have that option? And they always said that you could have up to like, I think it's like, it's an insane amount of money, like, or a insane amount of hours up to five weeks worth of PTO time will roll over to the next year. But anything more than that, it was like, you need to use it. And they were so right. The company and the company would always be like, no, we're not cashing people out. Use it or you lose it after the five weeks. That's just sitting there, you know? And that's the thing is in this country and in our culture, we're like so used to just, um, we want the money instead of the rest. And I, we need to balance ourselves. People like, take that time off, take your family on a vacation. Like I know that that is actually like a privilege, like a middle-class privilege. So I mean, growing up, my mom, we didn't really have money to do that. So I know that that's like a part of my privilege that I'm like getting here to say, take a vacation, right? Some people can't afford to take vacations. So I totally understand that. But if you do have the money, right, then, then take the vacation rest. But even if you don't have money to go somewhere, do a stay in vacation with your family. You can still do it with like cooking meals at the house and, and, you know, having little movie nights in the living room. And, um, I, even a girlfriend of mine, she's stay at home mom and I'll never forget on, on social media. I saw her do a staycation and, and they just went to a local, it wasn't super fancy, but they did a local, um, hotel, um, with her babies and they swam at the pool and it wasn't expensive, but it was just a real, it was so that they could have time together to relax and to bond and to just enjoy each other. Right. So make sure that you're doing that, right. Make sure that you're putting that within your calendar, whether it be within the year, within the, you know, quarter, whatever it is for you, you know, wherever you are at at life, make that a priority. And even like I said, I've, I've come from many times in my life where I didn't have that money. And, um, a lot of it could have been a choice though, too, where, um, I was putting other things like maybe an expensive cell phone as a priority versus some relaxed time, you know, and bonding time. So just, just think about it. You know, I'm not saying telling you that, you know, you have money when you don't, but, um, I am promoting that if you do have the funds, Take your PTO, enjoy yourself. And even if you don't have a family, let's just say you're a single person and you're like, just take some time. Do do something that you love. Go see a part of the world that you've never seen. This is the time, right? You can't take money with you when you die. Okay, next. Um, another thing is take mental health days. Now, our culture, again, does not promote mental health as like a priority, right? We don't prioritize um are like the mental health day thing. Like, so it's so funny people, I would take mental health days. Right. And people would be like, um, Oh, why would you take the day off for? And I'd be like, Oh, mental health day. And they'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) Because nobody knows, or it's not like a normal thing. Right. But I think that it should become something normal. Um, take a day off if you just need a day to like maybe sleep in. Right. Um, but make sure you're not doing things to get done. I mean, you could, if that, but really a mental health day is to like, give yourself a break. Um, that's what it's for. Um, read your favorite book, right? Go see a movie or, um, 
binge on Netflix. I don't know whatever what it is that you want to do on that mental health day that make that fills you up. Go shopping, you know, do whatever you want to do. The, the sky's the limit. Whatever you can think of that that would fill you up. Um, just take a day for you. You know, sometimes even just like even if like you're married or whatever, just take a day where it's just for you and you just get to go sit out at a cafe and like I said, read your favorite book, whatever it is that you do. Okay. Um, make sure, so this is another thing. Make sure that you're not in lopsided relationships where you're, you're doing the most of the emotional, um, effort. Okay. Um, and yes, this is kind of bigger said than like, it's easier said than done. And it's bigger than this specific topic, right? We've talked about it in other, in other, um, podcast episodes before, but when you are living from that super syndrome, you don't notice when you're doing, like, you think of that, those compliments of everybody being like, oh, she did all this. She did all this for everybody. She did all this for the party for everyone. But well, she did this, she did this, or he did this, or he did this. You, you like that. And so you live in your relationships being super, being better than, than other people are to you. Okay. And it's unhealthy. And it lopsided relationships, we're going to go over this over and over again in every different episode that has to do with something different. They're unhealthy and you have every right to correct the relationships within your life. So now that you have this information, right, now that you're recognizing like, okay, I, you're right. I am equal to everybody in this earth. There's nobody that's higher or more below me. And so since that's the case, I have these relationships that I constantly am doing, but I'm not receiving, right? Like I'm constantly the one reaching out to make plans. I'm constantly the one, um, you know, being flexible, changing my schedule around because they never have time in their schedule for me, right? Um, I'm the one constantly going to them, maybe traveling, right? Maybe you guys don't live in the same space, right? Maybe it's like 20, 30 minutes or more. And you're always the one going, traveling to see them, right? And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and like say that I know that's not that part of the window of a relationship doesn't mean that the whole relationship's bad, right? But what I am going to say is that that's a flag. It's an indicator, right? We don't like to think that way. We don't like to look at our relationships and, and feel bad about them, but you do need to take an inventory when you're loving yourself and you're doing the healing work. You do need to take inventory and, and be just, just be an observer, right? Observe where you, how you're playing in your relationships. And that's not to say that the other person who maybe isn't doing as much as you are doing in the relationship, um, is a bad person, right? We don't need to wag our finger at anybody, but um, it is to say that you are responsible for you and that you are in control of of overdoing, right? And 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 take your power back and you know say to yourself and to them, I'm sorry, I was being unhealthy, I was overdoing, you know, and now I want to show up as like an equal partner in this relationship because I really, really enjoy you. I really, really love you. And I really love what we have. 
So this is, this is, um, my boundary, right? This is what I need. Like, this is what, this is how I feel good is when, when me and you can both, um, travel, right? It's not always me going to your house. I remember I had a relationship like that where, um, I didn't mind cause I was in the super syndrome, right? I didn't mind, um, because I was just excited to be in that person's life. I really loved them and I loved being around them, you know, but, I, I, when I started loving myself, I recognized that, um, that person, every time I invited them to my house, they would come and then it would be really quick and then they'd leave. They'd never stay and hang out for very long. And then I mentioned it one time, like, Hey, like it was like a, an actual event, like that, that you, they were supposed to stay and they made an excuse to leave. And I, and I said like, Hey, like I mentioned it like, Hey, but this is the time, like this party, you know, is for my son's birthday and we're supposed to hang out here. And she, that person didn't, didn't even bat an eye and took all of the people out, out of the, out of my home and left with them, went to her house. So that's what I'm saying is like, when you have relationships like with that, you have to wake up and realize, you know, see people for what they really are, see the relationships for what they really are. And, um, like I said, I can't say for you for all of your relationships, but just know that that when you're, when you're doing the super syndrome, um, in your life, you're probably doing it in your relationships where you're extending yourself more than the other person is extending themselves and just recognize that. And, and then, you know, have, maybe have a conversation or just change your behavior. Um, and then it will pan out the way it's supposed to. So I promise it'll, it will, um, everybody who is meant to be in your life will, and, and, and therefore your health will, um, it'll, it'll pan out and they'll, it'll all work out. I promise. Okay. So, um, next is that, um, okay. When you share a home with others. So this is another one that's really important. And our society has such a backwards, like the, what they promote, um, to be like standard in society is so backwards. So, um, when you share a home with someone, right, um, you don't just say, like, this is my home, right? You say this is our home, right? And and you guys have your own spaces within it. Like, so, for example, like, if you it's a, if it's a traditional family, like a husband and wife and, like, kids, right, usually the kids have their, their rooms, right? Um, and, and I always think it's really interesting how our culture um, really kind of pushes us to think that it's one person's job in, in that dynamic to respect the house and to take care of the house. It's one person's job to cook the meals even, and clean up after the meal, even though it's everybody partaking, it's it's nourishing everybody, right? So that's an area to think of too, is like, I know that traditionally because of our wounded masculine society, we have, um, we have placed roles on genders, right? So we have said the woman takes care of the kids. The woman cleans the house. The woman, um, cooks the meals and the woman is the kinship holder, right? That's another one where she did. So kinship holder is where that person does all the birthdays, all the Christmas presents, So I will tell you, I don't, I maybe know one family that does it, well, two families that do it a little differently than that. 
but majority the the female is given all of those glasses and all that responsibility and it's really on her head right and then she usually works on top of that and it's just so our society and culture needs to change that so put balance within that put balance in your home the respect for your home if everybody lives there and yeah of course, age is going to make a difference. Like my littler kids do less chores than the adults in the house. Right. Um, and then same thing with like eating, right? The younger kids don't clean up as much after dinner, but they can set the table. There's so many things that go along with dinner, right? There's grocery shopping. There's, um, there's setting of the table. That's an easy one for little kids to do. Um, there's, um, cooking the, you know, or even prepping, like, I know I love cooking with other people in the kitchen. Like I love like one person's the sous chef and the other person's the main chef. Like, okay, you chop off, chop up all the vegetables. I'll, you know, put everything, you know, together and I'll cook it up. Um, and then another thing too, that I loved is like, if you cooked everybody else that ate gets to be the cleanup, but the person that did the cooking, the people that cooked, they don't have to, unless it's like, you know, like, both parents, all adults cooked, right? Obviously, there's going to have to be some um, adult helping the kids, you know, with the cleanup. But, but other than that, like, if there's enough older, like, it, you know, people in the household, it doesn't need to just be on one. So, like, you can find, like, good balances there. And I think that's really healthy dynamic for even for roommates, right? So, you don't have to be partnered up with people. It doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. But I think you know, sharing all that is really important that so that you're not falling into that super syndrome and taking it on all on yourself. Okay. Um, and then the next thing, just making sure that you're spending time doing what you love, what makes you happy, right? Because all work and no play. What is the ending of that? That quote, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull play. I think it's, it's from the shining. Um, but anyways, so yeah, do what makes you happy, right? It's important. Don't, you know, extending yourself like emotionally on things that you're supposed to do versus things that make you feel good and make fill you up and light you up, right? I mean, me, I'm like, now I'm in this place with loving myself that I'm like, oh, give me everything that lights me up and anything that doesn't, nah, I'll pass, right? <laughs> because really, truly in the end, you know, like, life's too short. You know, I, I want to enjoy, I want to have the best life, but really in the end. Okay. So the, the ending statement for all of this, right. Is balance, balance, balance. Cause we, in the end, right. We have to have ambition. We have to have to go after our goals. Right. But let's stop that, that myth that's so embedded in our culture that says we have to be we all have to be like geniuses. We all have to be like the best of the best. We all have to be, no, you don't have to do a million things, right? And when you do a million things, just know that it's not just one person doing it, right? There's so many people attached to that. There's one, okay, and I didn't mention this earlier before, but so this girl, Rachel Hollis, she's an author of the girl stop apologizing. I read this several years back and she in it mentioned about how our society and culture really, um, drive the, that like you do it all and you do it all alone type thing, which is not true, right? Because it's not healthy and you, and to run like your own business and to be 
famous or to be super successful, you need other people. You can't do it all on your own, right? Well, she actually says it in her book and she said it so eloquently that she was like, um, she's, she had this problem where she was, you know, getting really busy and her, you know, social media platforms and things were, and just like her, her, um, blog and all that was taking a lot more time, you know, and she was doing so many different things and running so many different parts of her company. And so she started hiring those parts out and people found out that that she wasn't the one doing her social media platform and they were pissed and they were like, Oh, you're a scoundrel. And like, you know, calling her names. But she reminded us like, it's a fake thing to think it's this, it's the super syndrome is what it is to think that you can do it all. You can't, you have people, you have to have people behind you. You have to have people to help you. And it's not just a one person job. And that's the thing that I want people on an everyday average life to remember is that those people that we see that we look up to, like in media, the stars, all that stuff, there's a million people getting them to where they are, getting them in front of you. You know, there's, it doesn't just take one person. And so you can't just be just one person extending yourself way beyond to get what you want. Like, remember that it takes a village and that we're not here doing this alone. And that really in the end, it's balance, right? Balance of work, balance of play, and not living from an unhealthy place where you have to pretend to everyone else like you're doing doing it all and that you're the best at everything you touch. Like, that's unhealthy, right? We need to be bad at things sometimes. And we need to be open and honest about our wounds, right? And that's another part of the super syndrome is like people don't want to share the shadow part of themselves or the wounded part of themselves because then maybe they think it will make others be like, oh, she's damaged, right? And I'm going to tell you, I'm here to tell you that me, I came from, I came from, um, an unhealthy, uh, you know, childhood, right? Like where it wasn't sunshine and roses all the time. Does that mean that, um, it wasn't beautiful and that I didn't have a, um, a, you know, have many wonderful things in my childhood and that I was very privileged. Yeah, there was right. But, um, all the hard things that I went through, through life, whether it was childhood, adulthood, whatever, all of those things have made me who I am and standing here, being able to talk to you about my journey towards loving myself. So I wouldn't give any of it back. Right. And, and I think that's the thing is like in the super syndrome, you also start to believe that like you have to be that super person all the time. And it's really not true. And, and just know that you can have feelings like you're allowed to be damaged. You're allowed to have parts of you that hurt and that need to be cleaned up. That is human. That's the human experience. That's what we came here for. Like nobody is. So this is so funny. I had a friend of mine who we had a conversation about nobody being perfect. And he's like, nobody's perfect. And I made this comment that, yeah, no, I, but I'm perfect. And I was kidding. Like I was joking with him. Right. But what I meant in that was that perfection is actually being unperfect. So I'm perfect because I'm, I'm perfectly unperfect. Like I have the perfect amount of things that are bad and the perfect amount of things that are good. And so does everyone else. Like that's like a thing. That's a human right. That's like a, that's just who you are when you get to come to earth. You're perfect. You're perfectly you, right? So 
So just know you're perfectly you and that when you're in super syndrome, you are always striving to, to be extraordinary and you don't, you are extraordinary just being you and you don't need to prove, you don't need to overdo none of that. So let's curve those behaviors. Let's stick onto those ideas. If you guys have any more ideas of like, of like ways to curb the super syndrome, because I'm pretty sure y'all have it within you, right? You're just like me. You probably go a million miles a minute sometimes, or yeah, a million miles per minute sometimes like, like I do. Um, yeah, but so go ahead and reach out. I have my contact info. Um, another thing that I wanted to make an announcement on is this Love Yourself podcast has been so amazing that I'm actually building um, an online class that I'll be teaching probably later this year. I'll have more information and more announcement on that later. But um, yeah, so all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this um, information on the super syndrome and I will um, see you next episode. All right. Don't forget. Love yourself. Take care. Bye. Mm-hmm.